hey, hey, welcome, welcome to Self Published's first bonus episode. I'm Aziza Kabibi, and I'm an author and activist for the protections of women and children, a media personality, a chef, a mom, and a survivor. Whenever someone asks advice for writing their own story, I recommend that they record themselves being interviewed by someone on the topic of their future book. My book, Unashamed Life Tainted, took four years to write. I had to compile and organize over 30 years of memories and experiences and then edit that down into a literary work that would communicate a specific message. No easy feat, I tell you. But sitting down with someone and talking through my thoughts and feelings of my life helped a great deal. It even assisted with establishing an arc to my story. What you're about to listen to is a piece of recording where a friend of mine interviewed me about some of the things that happened in my life. Please listen with an open mind and be warned. Some of the topics we explore in this conversation may make you uncomfortable. When we first recorded this conversation, it wasn't with the intention to publish it for public consumption. There are opinions explored, theses analyzed, and feelings addressed that through personal growth may or may not have changed. Which reminds me to say, this recording is from 2012. Now... As usual, I want to thank you for allowing me to caress your eardrums and penetrate your mind with this very intimate conversation between myself, Aziza Kabibi, and a close and dear friend of mine, Damon Did It. Enjoy! they stick with me right um i feel it important to with the case with my father to use my situation to possibly help other people or get them to understand other women or kind of break the cliche of a girl that was molested or abused as a child ends up being growing up to be a basket case or a drug abuser or a stripper <laughs> or get into porn or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's important. As At the same time, I want to be able to clarify and get more of the truth instead of people coming up with their own ideas. Um about the story being that it's going to be and it has been in the media. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as of right now, where are we at with the case? What's going on right now? Um, my dad was convicted for mm-hmm. abusing my sister. Okay. Um, uh, lewdness with a child, um, endangered the welfare of a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's sexual he, that's, aggravated assault. So that's what he's being held in custody for right now. Right. Well, he's been convicted and sentenced. Okay. Um, forty years. Wow. Yeah. With um. But that's just for one child. Yeah. That's just yes. That's just for my youngest, my youngest, my no, not even the youngest sister who was abused, right. but the second to youngest, okay. number four. Okay. 
Um, and the reason why the prosecutor did it that way, because she wanted to get him the maximum out of everything. And she felt that if she grouped everybody in one case, then he may have just gotten the 40 years where she's looking to get him life pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so she did my sister first mm-hmm. because my case is so, um, it's misconstrued. It's, it's more complicated and she wanted the judge to be able to, you know, feed it to him slowly. Mm-hmm. My sister's was a little more simpler. Where me, mm-hmm. mine's is more, mm-hmm. you know, in depth and in okay. depth and dramatic. And okay. but but you you're only going to probably do when you go back to the trial and or bring the charges back against him with you. It's just going to be you and not the rest of them. Right. No, just it's you. just going to be me me because okay. we're doing it separate. Okay. Um, now, why do you choose to do Why do you choose to go through that when he's already serving 40 years? You're not the first person that asked me that. Well, it's not my choice. I'm technically I'm a witness. It's not like I could like sue if you sue somebody. Mm-hmm. I can't like go after my father and sue him. Um, The crime was reported. Mm -hmm. And because he broke the state's laws, they're going after him. So I have, like, I don't, I don't have a say in whether they do it or not. But you're still pushing. I'm, I'm participating. I'm, I am a witness. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I see in him, get away with things for so long, I think, and I don't know, maybe I'm being judgmental, but I think that it's important that he sees that there are consequences to his actions. He mm-hmm. was not God and um, he needs to be shown that he can't do it anymore because he was continuing to do it. Mm-hmm. With one of his girlfriends at the time, even after we all separated, mm-hmm. he started abusing his girlfriends. I think she was seven. Mm-hmm. Seven-year-old daughter, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He clearly had some mental issues going on. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Would you consider that? I feel like mental issues kind of is an excuse. What do you think it is? What would you say it was? It, it it suggests that he didn't have any control over it, where I feel like he was very calcul- calculative, and he knew very well what he was doing. What was he doing? Well, he was a sexual fiend. I mean, he was basically, I thought he was a nymphomaniac. Yeah, but when, you, when, you, when you're touching seven-year-old girl, 10-year-old girl, that's... Then you cross the line. That's that's something else. Right, but to him, it was more of a, a power having the the pa- complete control over someone over the opposite sex and having them do whatever you want them to do without any kind of. Um, I've had a loss of words. Yeah, but but he can do that without having sexual contact. Well, if he's a nymph, if he's a nympho and he loves sex, I I don't. But he can get that from adult women. 
Right. But adult women have their own mind and he doesn't have the kind of control over them that he does over a child. But he does if he's the father or a a, a parental figure. I mean, that's like saying, well, you know, I need to have sexual relations with my daughter to have certain control over her. Right. I think I think you just proved my point. <laughs> hmm? I think you just proved my point. So it's a it's a power thing. No, no. What I'm saying is that means that uh, me and just like anybody any other man would have to have sexual relations with their daughter to have a control. I don't I don't think so. No, no, no. I don't mean control in regular every day. I mean control during the sex. I mean obviously some men like to be. Are, are so like to be in control, and some men are neutral, and some men maybe like to be dominated. He was definitely dominant. He was an alpha male. So I think this is still only theory. And of course, you know, I was close enough to him to um, I, I know enough about his behavior to say that. He was not crazy. He did not have mental issues. Yeah, but, um, but but it had to be something going on for him to think that. Like, what was he thinking? For you him know, to think what? That he can just have sexual encounters with <laughs> these underage. They're not even. I wouldn't even say underage. These these kids or these girls. Are not even right. They're not even, you know. So what? 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 He can't get pleasure out of it, and I don't know how much more control you can get out of uh, touching a, a a young girl at that age, seven. If you're already a, a authority figure to her, well, how or do you elder, not get? How do you not get pleasure out of it? I mean, you probably don't understand, but. Just like you may not understand how a, a gay man would want to have sex with another man. Oh, I can. You can? Yeah. Okay. Um, why a man would get turned on by hosiery? What I don't understand is bisexuality. Like, I don't understand how you like both. You know what, what I'm saying? What, a man? Yeah. How do you sleep with a man and then how do you sleep with women? You either like one or the other. Necessarily, yeah. I could get bisexuality. I, well, I can be bisexual, but what I'm saying is, is that I don't get it. I mean, we're designed to like the opposite sex, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, by nature. Now, somewhere along the line, that gets screwed up. Hormones get twisted, and things happen the other way, right? Where you attract the same sex, right? Right. Okay, so that's fine. You're attracted to the same sex, but you're not gonna like both. How well, are you? How are you attracted to both at that level? That would well. How do you feel about women being bisexual? I mean, I enjoy it. I think it's sexy, but I don't think you know. It's, it's clearly an issue with that. Like this, there's, there's a reason why a woman is sleeping with other women. Well, right? I mean, a woman. Okay. I am bi-curious. Yes. Um, and everything that I love about a woman or I'm attracted to a woman are the same things that I love about myself. Mm-hmm. Softness, skin, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. breast. I mean, all of those things are attractive. And I really don't understand how a man could completely 
turn away from that and say, I'm only going to be with this masculine, right. you know. Right. Right. So for well, men to be bisexual, it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm attracted to men. I'm attracted to the masculinity, but the femininity is natural. And it's mm-hmm. still there and it's innate. And mm-hmm. <laughs> It doesn't make sense. Because, because see, the way we design, you, it's this or it's that. You either like the opposite sex. Well, you, you design like the opposite sex. Now, if you if it's not the opposite, you want something, you know, the hormones are screwed up or different or whatever. And then you appeal to like the same sex. But if, if I like the same sex, I'm not going to like the opposite sex because of my hormonal difference. But it's but that's but you're seeing it as something that's that's purely physical. The fact that you say it's a hormone difference, you mm-hmm. think that gay or bisexuality is a hormone imbalance? Yeah, gay. I mean, I not do. bisexuality, gay. Bisexuality, I don't I don't buy into that. I think bisexuality comes from um, a lot of it is just trend. It's just it's it's nurtured. All right. Somebody that's born gay is clearly a, a genetic. Right. I mean, thing. I I do believe I have a theory yeah. that um, if you look at the age range of, I guess the gay baby boomers or when gay people kind mm-hmm. of was coming out, they happen to have been born or was infants during the time that um, formula was pushed, mm-hmm. and that maybe there was something in breast milk. That mm-hmm. we didn't understand. Right, right. That helped to balance out the hormones mm-hmm. and help maintain or establish the gender preference, or I don't know. That's just scary. But I think our experience of love and sex is so different from men anyway. Okay. I mean, for me, I couldn't want to have sex with a man because, you know, I not just because I'm attracted to him. It could be a whole bunch of other things. It mm-hmm. could be because I'm emotionally attached mm-hmm. or I feel close to him mm-hmm. and sex is a way to just get closer. Yeah. Where that could happen with a woman as well. Yeah. But let me let me let me say this. You uh, said the key word. Those none of those things you said is natural. It's a vice. It's being used as a vice for something else. Like, okay, well I'm gonna get with this other girl because maybe she's more in tune with my feelings then this guy can't understand no because that was just that it's premeditated or you're trying to figure out the problem and yeah but no it is natural why wouldn't it be natural so you're saying that is is a natural when another female alright I don't want to get wrapped up in it what I'm saying is for another male to be attracted to another male mm-hmm. okay if it's natural, it, it, it's a we we we're saying that it's a hormonal mix-up. Okay, anything other than that is for premeditated reasons. Like, okay, I want to experiment, or maybe I've been um a, a, you know raped or something, and now I'm confused about that's not a natural thing. Like I was naturally attracted to women, right? But something I was you know. So now, you think what I'm saying? It's still something yeah. that... So, the whole thing is what we're talking about here is... Going back to 
for somebody to, you know, a pedophile. Mm-hmm. I don't think he started off as a pedophile. That's just it. I I don't think so. Right, but we, we're trying to we, to understand him. We, we got to at least start with a pedophile. Not that he's the same. Not that they think anything alike. Mm-hmm. But a pedophile is attracted to, you know, young young children. Right. Right. Why? You know, what what is it about young children that attracts them to him? Is obviously their innocence. In a sense, but and I, I don't think pedophiles are attracted to any kids. I think there's still some. It was something me and my sister was talking about this, and well, not this, but um, you know, of course, coming from where we are coming from, we're concerned for mm-hmm. our girls. Uh-huh. And my niece, who is my father's child, um, she's 10. Mm -hmm. And she was telling me how a friend of hers, who's a man, said that is going to be beautiful when she grows up. Mm -hmm. She was like, you know, he says he said it like, oh, you know, gosh, she's going to be a heartbreaker when she grows up. And she felt felt weird because she's like, well, why are you looking at her in that way? And how can you see that when she's just a little girl? Mm-hmm. So then Mo got paranoid and now is kind of looking at him weird. Um, but then at the same time, she's like, but he's not the first person that said that. And um, I had spoken to my daughter's doctor. Um, she's a PKU doctor. But she worked with children that had been molested for 20 years. And she was telling me that there are some girls that have a, a dynamic, I guess, that mm-hmm. attracts pedophiles, whether they're mature for their age or um, they're mature mentally for their age. Or she's like, there's something, there's some kind of aura, there's a way that they carry themselves. And these pedophiles end up. Um, you know, singling them out of instead of just saying, "Well, I'm gonna go and mess with any little girl," which I was kind of, I was kind of weirded out by because I'm like, "Okay, so you're saying that when I was nine or I was eight, I was the type that would have been molested." You see what I'm saying? So, but she kind of was like, "Yeah." <laughs> um. So I don't know. I mean, I think there's more to it than that. Well, we obviously. Are not psychologists, psycho right analysts, but I think even they're trying to figure it out still. Right. But this, but this, it, it has to be some kind of issue, something going on up there. When I say that, I, I, I'm, I'm just saying like, it's just not. I can't. I guess I can't really say it's not normal or natural to think like that. Maybe just in this society, we was conditioned not to think like that. I don't know, but. There's reasons for all of this. I'm saying that it has to be something going on up here for a pedophile or somebody to just think it's okay to do that. It has to, I don't know what it is. Right. But it has to be something. So now you're saying that he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe he did. But you said in the beginning he didn't. 
No. In the beginning, it was just, well, hmm, let me try this. Or it could have been an ego thing. It could have been a power thing. It could have been just a, a pure um, nymph, nymphal thing. Mm-hmm. Nymphomania. But I still find that it's still hard to be a, just a pure nymphomaniac. If I, if I have access to women, why would I go to a little kid, a little girl? Um, I mean, that's when that. it crosses the line of something else, another disorder. I guess I'm not comfortable with it being a disorder because it alleviates responsibility. If you say, "Well, you know, I blame what I did." on something that I couldn't control, Mm -hmm. then that means I'm not responsible. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not my fault. I think a lot of things in life, like gays, um, a lot of them is not their fault. But it's not something, I mean, I don't think it's something to be faulted. I mean, I think that if you have certain religious beliefs, of course, you know, they don't believe in gay, they feel that it's off of God's path. But then at the same time, my question is that, well, if God is in control and he allows everything to happen, then obviously it must be a a purpose. There must be a purpose. No, well, it's supposed to be that God allows things to happen, but you have a choice. Right. Right, but there are so many gay people. <laughs> I was like, this. yeah, but then you got a question: How many of these people right now into twenty twelve is really gay? You know what I'm saying? Like, right, or really. they could just be experimenting. Or could... a lot of I was talking to uh, before you called today. Before we spoke today, um, I had Jehovah's Witnesses in here. I was talking to, and um, they told me a couple of things that I didn't know. One was that. Um, Jesus Christ was the Archangel Michael on Earth, which I I never heard that before. Um, they spoke about God's plan and you know why Jehovah's Witness go door to door because that was initially God's instructions or Jesus's instructions. And um, I thought about you know homosexuality and, and premarital sex and. And I'm like, so many things in the Bible was for that time. And it Mm kind of doesn't apply now. Mm -hmm. And they also mentioned that before Satan and demons, um, when they was in heaven, they had access to heaven and there was the war and they was cast down to earth. So I was like, so technically, doesn't that mean that earth is hell? And that everybody here was cast out or cast down from heaven, or are we here being tested? And so, which then, my point is, as far as homosexuality and, and, you know, pedophilia, is that the right term for it? And every other kind of morally incorrect deviation from the initial from the original plan mm-hmm. um it's obvious it's obviously tests or i i just think everybody's responsible i mean you may say well for no, well, for you- homosexuals yeah there could be hormonal imbalances but they still have their spirit they still have their souls and you know, when you start getting into only the scientific aspect and, you know, biological effects and reasons why, you're ignoring the fact that 
we're much more complicated than just our heartbeat and electromagnetic fields in our brain. There's more going on there. Um, so with with my dad, I mean, I I was there when he was convincing me and explaining why what he was doing was correct. Okay. I think that he so had can, a god complex. Can can you can you tell us what what are those things that he was explaining? Um, well, the first time that he touched me, mm-hmm. um, it was in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. My mom was watching soap opera. That was just a sample of over 12 hours of recordings, which was instrumental in writing my memoir. Please explore Damon's work on his YouTube channel. Damon did it and his Instagram. Also, Damon did it. (laughs) His cinematic projects are breathtaking and entertaining. Links are in the show notes. Well, that's all for now. Thank you again for listening. Be blessed for you are a blessing.